Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Welcome back in, everyone, to another live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast right here on the CLNS Media Network. Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit here, as always, with Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. And Alex, uh, my guy Drake May looked pretty good Saturday against Syracuse, but so I don't know if you caught that game. It, but uh, Quinn Ewers did not against Oklahoma. The, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's where we're kind of at with the Patriots right now. Because if you thought the embarrassing loss to Dallas last week, if you might have wrote that off as kind of a one week thing, you know, some teams they come out flat. Like look at Dallas last night against good team on the road, but. It was not that because the Patriots got skunked, embarrassed, whatever you want to call it, against the Raiders at home yesterday, 34-0. It was bad. It was embarrassing. Any stat, statistic, metric you want to look at, they are dead last offensively. They can't move the football. They haven't had a touchdown drive since Farrow Brown's touchdown against the Jets, which I believe was 33 drives ago. So if you thought last week was rock bottom, it looks like this is, in fact, rock bottom right now. I, I would uh, – <coughs> excuse me. I'm even a little hesitant to call it that because – you know that clip from – We have 12 weeks from left. The Simpsons movie, that clip from The Simpsons movie, right, where Bart um, has to skateboard naked at Krusty Burger and Homer comes, <laughs> pick, comes and pick him up and he goes – Bart goes, this is the worst day of my life. And Homer goes, this is the worst day of your life so far. And – Boy, does this uh, does this kind of feel like that? You know, like you said, the Cowboys game. I mean, you come out, you play a bad game against a talented team. It happens. I said that last week. It's not an excuse for it or anything, but it does happen. This was the worst home loss under Bill Belichick. It was the second shutout at home, but the first one, they only had one quarterback on the roster, and he had a broken thumb. That was the Jacoby Brissett start, the last game before Brady came back. So, for and that was a 16 nothing game. So, for all intents and purposes, like the first real shutout at home under Bill Belichick. I don't know how you, for, from Bill's point of view, you, you had the worst loss of your career. And then for the team to look as unprepared as they did coming off of that, <clears throat> they, they fight back. Fight back. We're all sitting here talking about how Bill's washed. Fight back. It, tell, show, he, he, show a reason why he's not. Like, he needs to show a reason why he's not. And that was just 
to get whooped the way they did in Dallas and come out, this was the response. It's like they're not even playing for pride at this point. And it starts from the top down. It starts from Bill down. Because yeah. it's his job to get the team ready. And that you tell me, was that team ready? Because I don't no. think it was. They they did not look ready by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. And like even going back to the Dallas game, you could say there were some like some positives early, like those first two drives before right. that failed tush push. They were moving the football uh pretty well. Like Mac had a few good throws to Hunter Henry, the drive starter. Then he hit the Mario Douglas out of structure. So there were some some positives you might have taken away from that, even though most of it was pretty gross. But like, yeah, yesterday was just flat, no energy. They they didn't look ready to go offensively or defensively. Like even if they had Matthew Judon and Christian Gonzalez, like that defense was getting blown off the ball in the run game. They were missing tackles in the secondary. Like it wasn't good all around. And it yeah, it's just bad vibes on that team, right? Like the energy is just low. And I get like when you're a good team and winning, that's where a lot of your energy comes from. But they just, they look like a team that they know they have to do every little thing perfectly to win a game. And they just know that isn't really possible. And they just, they're playing like that too. Yeah, it's just, it's it's all bad. It's all snowballing. Yep. So, <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to talk about Bill or Mac first? Like, what, what direction do you, I mean, do you want to go there? I, I kind of said my piece on Bill. I just, I, or, or are you talking about, like, long-term? I guess long-term. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't see how you keep him after this. Yeah. If this is going to continue to trend this way, because let me ask you this, Brian. Do you have any faith? that it's going to look any better next week against Vegas? No. Right. So I I don't know that they'll fire him in season. I, I think there are some benefits to doing so. Mainly Gerard Mayo would likely be the interim and you get to see what he looks like as a head coach. I just don't, it all comes back to roster talent. Yeah. And like I said, like Bill didn't have the team ready. They, they you can, <laughs> Bill not having the team ready was the issue last week. The overarching problem with the season, and you, this is not a hot take at this point, they don't have talent. They simply they, they never had talent on the offensive side of the ball, and the defensive talent is now thinning out. You saw just how bad. I think Matthew Judon's injury specifically really showed up in that game. Who's the guy that put it together? <clears throat> you have to look at that, and – we can get into Mac Jones comments about, you know, you can't make garbage taste good no matter how good of a cook you are. He hasn't been a great cook, but I agree with his premise. It's hard to look at Brock Purdy last night. Brock Purdy was the last pick in the draft, and there was a reason Brock Purdy was the last pick in the draft. Some of his college highlights are going around today. <laughs> the one where he bats the ball. To <laughs> yeah, throws the backwards interception, saying, oh, look how far this guy's coming. <laughs> Brock Purdy's put in a ton of work. This is not to minimize what Brock Purdy's done, but you know what helps a quarterback develop? Putting talent around him. The Niners have done a great job of allowing Brock Purdy to maximize what he does best. Brian, what is the last positive personnel move the Patriots made? And I'm not counting like Ezekiel Elliott making the best of a bad situation. Like when's the last time we added a plan where we're like, boom, yes, the offense is better now, like significantly better. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> how many, I, I, I'll add this. How many times 
have they tried to make such an acquisition? Oh, a, a lot. I mean, the uh, whole is it a lot? Well, is it a lot in the last three years? They drafted Tyquan in the second round. The whole, well, they threw a lot of money around. Uh, you know, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, okay, Johnny so Smith. that's twenty twenty one. That's three years ago. Yeah. I would argue the last good offensive move they made was drafting Mac Jones, and that's going to drive people wild. But I'm sorry, they needed a quarterback. It was the right pick at the time. If you want to say drafting Ramondre Stevenson, fine. That was forty hours later. They they signed Hunter Henry before those guys. Remember that happened in March drafts in April, right? And I Hunter Henry, great signing. Nothing against that. What have they done since to invest in the mm-hmm. offense? They drafted Taekwon second round. That didn't work. They've made zero premium additions to tackle. They traded for Devontae Parker, and that's it. When you look at what the other quarterbacks in that in Max draft and the previous draft have gotten, Tua got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Jalen Hurts got AJ Brown. Um uh, they went out and got Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson, and, and I mean, they didn't get him out in Lazar, but you know what I mean? They built talent there. Herbert already walked in a stack receivers and then got Quentin Johnson. Um, they went out, uh, uh, the Jags got Trevor Lawrence, uh, Calvin Ridley. The Bears, it didn't work, but they they tried with Chase Claypool. DJ Moore, too. Oh, and DJ Moore. Thank you very much. And yeah. DJ Moore. Um, I mean, the Niners were already stacked, and then they went out and got Christian McCaffrey. So, like, this is where I'm at with Bill. Is it going to be any different if he sticks around? Because they can replace Mac, and and they probably have to replace Mac at this point. I think the clocks run out on that. But if you're going to do the same thing with the next guy, what's the point? You're going to waste him. We're we're going to be right back in this spot, whether it be in a year, in two years, in three years, we're going to be right back in this spot. Yeah, that's like, he always talked about 2020 as kind of like this reset year, right? Like that COVID year after Brady. And then after that, he like everything was laid out perfectly where he takes his pick as a first round quarterback. He spends all this money in free agency. And then all the personnel moves, as you just kind of summarized from that point on, have just been duds. Like they haven't worked. Coaching decisions too is another part of that. And now you're looking like you're going to enter a second like a second chance at that right like you might have a top 10 pick they have boatloads of cap space every year in the because they don't have anyone to pay right like they have so much money now so are you going to trust bill to kind of run this back and give him a second chance at it i don't know how you can look at what he's done these last three years uh and trust him to run it back again right exactly and that's kind of whether he finishes out finishes out the season at this point is inconsequential. I, I, yeah. I shouldn't say inconsequential, but it, I, if this is who the team is, it, it, what does it matter, right? It's it's more about how do they dig out of this and is Bill the right guy to dig them out of this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know where you, like, do you think he can still coach? Because I know, like, that that's a big part of it. So and... that was the thing last year. Like, I think he stole them some games last year. And, yeah. and you go back, Cam Newton here, the fact that he got seven wins out of that team, that team didn't have a ton of talent. That team might have had less talent than this team. But that, I mean, it made sense. They were tearing down the roster post-Brady. They had to do that. That was supposed to jumpstart the, the reset. I don't know now. I mean, it it hasn't been good. There's the in-game coaching, the decisions. You go back to that punt. Not oh. challenging that Kyle Duggar pick. And I know it's 24 nothing, but again, try. Show some fight. That was a pick. It has on the, the GM side's been an issue for a couple years now. 
this is as bad as the coaching side has looked. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe like, I still think he's like a top half coach in the league or, or whatever, but maybe he's not the right coach for this team going forward, the direction of this team going forward. Cause again, they, they look flat and some of that is, can be traced back to the coach. Maybe if his message isn't getting home or whatever, but I think you have to kind of start with with the GM duties. Like he he can't be trusted to go forward with that role anymore. Then maybe if you strip that, he's not even interested in sticking around and coaching anymore. And I mean, you got guys like Julian Edelman on the herd today, even coming out and saying like, "I hate to do this yeah. to coach, but like he's whiffed on, on the offense." And we heard Tavin McCourty last night, Sunday Night Football broadcast, say like, "This isn't getting any better." Like New England top five pick. Shout out Devin McCourty for retiring when he did too. He must have saw this coming. Smart man right there. But so I, I again to go to go back to it too. When they drafted Mac Jones, and they had, as I said, they tore the roster down. They had multiple needs that year. And this is can't stress it enough, not defensive Mac, just using it for the timeline. Their tackles were Trent Brown on a one-year deal, Isaiah Wynn in the final concrete year of his rookie contract. Justin Huron, Yadni Kajust. We knew they needed attack. They, we knew they needed tackles. All right, you can't add everything in one year. You're going to build on this. What have they done to add a tackle since then? They drafted Andrew Stuber in the seventh round. They drafted a guard in City So and tried to move him out there. They signed a 34-year-old Riley Reef and Calvin Anderson, who's just been a backup his whole career. You can't look at that and say that the position was properly addressed and to not address a position that crucial for three years is just kind of mind blowing to, I, I don't know whether they didn't recognize it as a need or bill trusted Matt Patricia and Adrian Clemens offensive line coaches to fix it. I think we seriously have it. And this is not necessarily a conversation to have today, but maybe at the end of the year, when, whenever it is that bill walks away, Dante Skarnecchia's departure never got nearly enough attention because he, they would just draft linemen in the fifth, sixth, seventh round every year and turn them into players. And they, they can't do that right now, obviously. It's just, and, and there's other a, a wide receiver. Julian Edelman left. They never really had a concrete plan to replace him. Jacoby Myers sort of worked out and then they let him walk and bring in Juju Smith. Schuster, who hasn't been good. Um, he, they, they let Shaq Mason walk. They did have a plan to bring him to replace him, but that was drafting a guard in the first round when they had other more pressing needs. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I, I look at it all and I say, can, can Bill build this roster back up? Cause he never really built it back up from 2020 yeah. and not on the offensive side of the ball. He's now defensively is a little different. They, you know, Matthew Judon was a great signing. They've made some good draft picks on that side of the ball. Kyle Duggar, Christian Gonzalez, Christian Barmore, Keon White. Like, they've got players over there. So that's a little different. But you need both sides of the ball. It's just the reality of it. Yep. So, you know, with, with the offensive line, like, Mac is running for his life. The Like, the last three games are the highest pressure percent out of any of his games in his career. And back to, you know, we can talk about that a little, like, you know, to be a good cook, he can't cook with garbage. And like, he's not in a good situation. We, we get that. And that's like, I was tweeting, I tweeted a Drake May clip yesterday and someone was like, oh, if he's in this offense, it's still going to be the same. Like, obviously they need to improve 
the skill around the quarterback, but I think you're also at a point with Mac where it's just beyond repair. Like his internal clock seems just broken. His, his footwork that we talked a lot about last week is just bad. He, he's fading away on all these passes. And I think it's just gotten to a point where like, even though he's on a rookie contract for another year, like I don't think he's going to be in the plans here moving forward and maybe not even the rest of this year. You know, we heard Schefter on the Pat McAfee show said the offense will look different in Vegas next week. Didn't really explain more. Bill did say Mac would start next week, but against Vegas, but Mac just looks like to the point where like, you got to move on and you got to kind of start this thing fresh, even though he hasn't been in the best situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mike Reese put out a column about, you know, what are their options at quarterback? And he kind of led with potentially benching Mac Jones. Also floats the idea of a, a trade. He named Brian Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, and Brian Hoyer. I don't know that trading for a veteran quarterback, especially a guy on an expiring contract, is the answer right now. In terms of the, at least Tannehill and, and Cousins, I, did, I don't know what that does. Yeah. Because uh, I, it, you're not making the playoffs from one and four with the rest of their schedule. You're just not. Like, I don't trying to salvage it i i would hate to see them move future assets to try to salvage the season because like you say whoever it is it's kirk cousins it's brian Tannehill, whoever bailey's happy they're still behind this offensive line this is still the group they're trying to throw to it's not going to be enough it's just not going to be enough the kind of quarterback that could fix this is not becoming available yeah yep it's a pretty dire situation there a quarterback but uh, let's hear from our friends at FanDuel very quickly, and then we can break down more of this wonderful mess that is on our hands here with the Patriots. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call one 800 GAM one two three four. So, I guess we could talk some a lot of lot of talk in the chat here about some college quarterbacks. So, if you're replacing Mac, I mean these four: Caleb Williams, Drake May, JJ McCarthy, Michael Penix, kind of like the top four guys right now. Patriots are picking fifth currently. Um, looks like Williams and May will be one two, or if the Bears have. Like the first two picks, May might be third, but if the Patriots are like outside of that top area, like are you still going quarterback there? Or with all these roster needs, is it like let's get an offensive tackle with the fifth, sixth pick? Maybe get one of these veteran quarterbacks or Jacoby Brissett, the guy for a year, and build your roster out like there, and then address the quarterback at maybe the twenty twenty five draft. 
I, I think so. Like, how far off are they? Right. I think if you have a chance to add um, a great quarterback, you do that, especially because next year's class, the 2025 class, I should say, just there's really not much there in terms of the quarterback position. You don't want to be in the spot where you've built the whole thing to draft a quarterback and not one's not available. I think if you have a chance to get one, you have to get one. I, I, I think Caleb Williams is tier one. I still put Penix and Drake may together in tier two. I do. I, I really like Michael Penix. I like what he brings. Um, I think he's a very modern quarterback. Um, I, I'm a little shaken by Quinn Ewer's performance against Oklahoma. I won't lie. That drops him a bit for me. I thought that was a game he needed to show up. And then we'll we'll see what happens this Saturday between Bo Nix and, and Michael Penix. The big knock on Bo Nix is he can't win on the road. So if he goes into Washington and beats a good Huskies team, you know, he's checked a lot of boxes this year. He's come a long way from the player he was at Auburn. So winning that game, I think, would do a lot for him. I'm not super big on J.J. McCarthy. I, I think he's a good college quarterback, but that's what he is. He's a college quarterback. That Michigan offense is not – super similar to what he'll run in the NFL. He's not being asked to do that much. Um, I, he does have some mobility, but I, it's an offense that's built to run the ball. And I think that, that, that helps. He's a little Mac Jones ish in the makeup and that a lot of the concerns people had about Mac about, you know, all he's done is one and he's done it with talent around him. How much has he done it himself? Yeah. I don't love JJ McCarthy. At that point, I, li- I look a little further down to a guy like KJ Jefferson, Travis, uh, Jordan Travis, Jane Daniels, like those sorts of players, Joe Milton even, but that uh, might be another level after that. Um, but yeah, I don't I, – I, I, there's been a lot of love for J.J. McCarthy. Yeah. I honestly can't tell you where that's coming from uh, other than maybe <laughs> just people being Michigan football fans or seeing Michigan and, oh, look, it's Brady. Um, that team runs the ball as much as any in the nation – they they've been that way for a long time. They averaged 219 passing yards per game last year. They ran for 238. You're just not going to be you're not going to be able to run that kind of offense in the NFL. Yep. So, and and let me say, there's a caveat on all of this that is there's more games to be played, yeah. and we're going to learn a lot more about these guys. So this is all subject to change. But that's where I'm at. Yeah, right that's now. where like. And yeah, uh, I just I, I am working under the assumption. I believe yeah, Dion yeah. when he says Shadur is going back in 2025. I also think there's a chance Shadur is the first overall pick in 2025. Yeah. And Patriots may be bad this year. You should not be picking that high two years in a row. That just you, that can't be your plan. Yeah, that's where I kind of am. Like if you identify one of these guys as like can't miss, you have to take them. But if you do, maybe right. get some wins and you fall in that six to ten range. Like you could be looking at one of these really good offensive tackles. So. So Williams, May, Ewers, Penix are the guys I would take if they're on the board. I, I, I like some of what I've seen from Bo Nix. I'll take my shot on one of the day two guys at that point. Too late to Jalen Hurts thing. Uh, like I said, I don't love J.J. McCarthy. I don't love Riley Leonard, Spencer Rattler, Cam Ward. Like it's it's those four at the top. Yeah. And it's, it's Williams, Ewers, May, Penix. Anything short of that, if those guys are gone, I would assume Marvin Harrison's going to be gone, but that's where I look at a guy like uh, Emeka Buka from Ohio State. You start talking about whichever one of the tackles falls, whether it's Olu Fashanu from Penn State, Joe Alt from Notre Dame, J.C. Latham. Um, those would kind of be the other two. You're looking at probably a wide receiver or tackle in, in those two spots. Maybe, maybe if a guy like Jared Verse is on the board, it, 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 you know, Josh Uche leaves 
but I, I think it, it would be tough to, to use the, it, I only say that because Jared Verse is that good. I think yeah. it would be really hard to justify using the first pick on defense at all. Jared Verse and Dallas Turner are probably the only two ways you can do that. And even then, it's like, all right, so was was Abuka also gone and the tackles were gone and like, yeah. yeah. Like, like edge could be a, a need here depending on Uche and Judon's going to be 32 coming off this bicep injury. But like, you got to put these top investments into the offense at this point. And I mean, you just took Keon White right. there kind of that a similar mold there in the second round last year. But so, yeah, like if you identify one of those quarterbacks in, in the top 10 there that you think like, that's the guy who can't miss on him. You, you have to take him there. But we heard Bill say yesterday, like we're going to start over starting over in October is, are they going to be in range? You think like, will they finish in the top five or do you think there's a path to get some wins here and kind of kick them back to that? maybe double early double digit range. And what do you think that starting over process even consists of at this point in the year? I, I don't know. And it would be nice if we knew when bill was referencing, like they started over. Obviously we're not going to be at that. I mean, they started one of three the last few years, probably the depth chart. I would think, and just, you know, you go in and you basically go like it is a training camp and everybody's competing for their job. And what is the offensive line going to look like? I, we had, we already talked about quarterback, right? Is, if you start him from even footing, can Bailey Zappi outpace Mac Jones, which he probably has a better chance now because we talked about this back in the summer. The way Bailey Zappi was beating out Mac Jones for the quarterback job was more than just Bailey Zappi playing well. Mac Jones was going to have to come back to him, and he's certainly done that now that he's sped up. Um, you know, things like that. Maybe it's evaluating uh, it's just the, the installation process itself. It can mean so many things. None of them good, though. None yeah. of them good. I, I don't know that you're going to dig yourself out of – a top 10 pick like top five. Could they sneak a couple wins in down the stretch here? I mean, they still got Washington who just lost to the bears. They're going to play the Colts. It seems like without Anthony Richardson, who has a shoulder sprain now. So there's a couple wins. Now you're at three. You got the jets in the last week of the season. That's four. Um, you know, can they in Pittsburgh's bad? So now you're at five. Is that going to get you top five pick five wins might put you just outside of that. So, I mean, they, they could fall out of that range. They absolutely could. Um, but I don't, I, I don't think starting over is going to suddenly turn them into like an eight or nine win team. Cause again, the, the talent level is what it is. Yeah. The talent okay. level is what it is. That's just the plain and simple of it. Uh, LinkedIn talent solutions. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Uh, you know, it's tough out there. To try to get a job. It's tough out there to hire too. You know, we've all been on both sides of it and it's, uh, it can be tough. So uh, uh, LinkedIn jobs makes it easy. Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire the right hire can certainly make all the difference, Brian, as we both know very well. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash beat. That's linkedin.com slash beat to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. Um, I just blanked on what I was going to say. But yeah, starting over... 
Oh, uh, like the big, big ones, big games for draft stock will be like the Giants, the Broncos, the Jets, probably late in the year. But yeah, like the starting over, Mac or Zappy will obviously be a big, big part of this. You know, there were the reports uh, on Sunday that Zappy saw more first team reps in practice. But I mean, when he came in, like he was, he over had two really bad misfires to Henry and Kendrick Bourne. I'd say the only thing he really gives you there is his internal clock probably isn't shattered like Max. Yeah. So maybe he can just deal with this pressure a, a little bit better. And then, you know, I thought Riley Reef was better than anything they, they had on the offensive line. So maybe you kick him to right tackle, but now you have Michael Owenu who left the game with a ankle injury. We still haven't seen Cole Strange in a while with that, that knee injury. So like there, there's still question marks all along the offensive line there. They're, still can't run the football like they didn't even feel confident with the tush push this week they had to fake it they couldn't even get that I know you had all the stats on their third and one or third and shorts they're just not even attempting to run the football so like they they could have a lot of change on the depth chart another one at receiver like Juju and Demario Douglas had head injuries so you're probably not going to see them this week based off how the concussion protocol has worked the last few years so get maybe some more Kayshawn Booty in here next week. But like, so they can make all these moves on the depth chart, but where's that going to bring you in the long run? Probably just not that many more wins, especially with Buffalo, Miami, all these tough teams coming up. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So if you do kind of bottom out, how are you looking trade deadline here? You know, Kendrick Bourne contract year, you have the younger, like Josh Uche, Kyle Duggar, are you fielding calls on all these guys? Or, you know, is a guy like Duggar someone you're still looking to extend here? But how are you kind of handling this trade deadline if you get there and you're two and six? I don't know the exact week, but. So it would be, they have three games between now and then. It's the Raiders, the Dolphins, and the Bills. So best case, best case. And that's assuming you sweep all three of those games here, four and four. And look, if you beat the Dolphins and the Bills in back-to-back weeks, maybe you don't sell. But uh, there's... Six guys I look at as like potential trade candidates. And there's one I don't that I think some people are expecting. I'll explain that at the end. Uh, Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne's a guy you can move. And you look at some of the deals last year. Kadarius Tony went for a third and a fifth. Um, Calvin Ridley, who was suspended, went for a second. Uh, uh, Chase Claypool before he totally lost his mind. Like had numbers comparable to Bourne's at about this point. Uh, he went for a second. I think you can get a top 100 pick for Kendrick Bourne. I think you can. They have uh, maybe one in a six for a third, something like that. But I think you can get a top 100 pick for him. Hunter Henry is another guy that's continued to play well with it all falling apart around him. The only tight end trade last year was TJ Hawkinson, and that's very different. I Maybe you get a third for Henry. I think he's probably in that third, fourth range. What doesn't help is you can't um, – most of the top teams don't need a tight end. You think about the top teams in the league. The Chiefs are obviously set. They've got Mr. Taylor Swift. Um, <laughs> you've got uh, the, the Dolphins don't really use tight ends. So that's yeah. and you're probably not going to trade him in the division. You're not going to make it. Uh, maybe they trade you Devontae Parker. So maybe the Dolphins. Who's the Bengals um, tight end? Are they? Is that well, they're one and three. I don't know what the Bengals are buying. Yeah. I don't know what the Bengals are buying. Um, I don't think they're going to roll over, but... The, the Eagles obviously have good tight ends. The Niners obviously have good tight ends, right? The team I look at, if Hunter Henry is going to move, is Dallas. I think Dallas is a very logical fit for him. 
Uh, Trent Brown is another guy I think you can move. I wonder if he, he, he started the year good. He didn't, he did not play well yesterday, but he started the year strong. And maybe a team looks at that and says, you know, we're a contender change of scenery might get him going. I don't know how much you get for Trent Brown. Maybe a fifth, sixth round pick, but it's a fifth, sixth round pick. You didn't have before. That's and he's a, he's a pending free agent. Gives you a chance to maybe play some younger guys, get them experience, see what you have. Tyrone Wheatley, maybe Andrew Stuber. Um, on defense, Josh Uche. Edge rushers don't go for a lot. Robert Quinn went for a fourth round pick last year, but it's kind of the same thing as Trent. If you get a fourth rounder for Uche, which feels about right, it's fourth round you didn't have, and and I don't think he's resigning at this point. I think that ship has sailed. This is going to surprise a lot of people. I think there might be, you might get something if you traded Miles Bryant, who's also on an expiring contract. Um, he's been one of their better defensive players this year. Yeah. Just if you, if you look at it objectively, I don't think you're getting a lot for him. It's probably a sixth or a seventh. It's a late day three pick. But again, it's a pick you didn't have for a player that's going to walk and they shouldn't be in position to receive comp picks this year. It's just the reality of it. They should be paying free agents. Um, and then the last one and the most interesting one is Kyle Duggar. Because regardless of what happens with Bill, Kyle Duggar is a player you can build around. Their defensive talent still there. The defense does not need to be torn down. The reality is whoever it is in the offseason, Bill or somebody else, the defense <clears throat> should not be torn down. Because you need as many of those assets to add players uh, going towards offense as possible. So I would love to see them find a way to keep Kyle Duggar to work on a long-term deal with him. Now, if somebody, you know, really wants to get stupid and give you like a first round pick, I mean, yeah, yeah. go ahead. But and, and in terms of second round picks, you're not getting them from the teams that are going to be picking early in the second round. I don't know. I might do Kyle Duggar for a second. I don't know. Maybe a second and, I would just keep him holding out hope that there's a chance they get a long-term deal. They could get something for him, but that's a guy you're going to have to use a high draft pick basically to replace him. So at that point, just keep him because whatever pick you trade him for that picks going to a safety. The one guy, a lot of people have on their, their trade um, list that I don't is Mike Onwenu, <clears throat> who is on expiring contract. You're not going to get the value for him. He's yeah, he, he's, he hasn't played well. He's hurt. Guards generally aren't worth that much to begin with. You might get a six for it, probably fifth, sixth, seventh, somewhere in there. Might have to be a pick swap. Another guy I kind of would like to see them sign, maybe whoever it is up next, or maybe just Bill gets his head on straight and just says, let's bring this guy back and play him at tackle. I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't rush him out of the building. I, again, if somebody wants to give you like a fourth round pick for Michael and Wenner, yeah, you take that all day. But I just... I don't think the offer will be there for him to really make it worth trading him at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love them to keep Duggar around and, you know, pay him and build around him as one of these fundamental pieces. But I think Bourne is kind of the most logical one on a one-year deal. You mentioned how, you know, what pass catchers can get you in the market and, I know we, you know, we both love Kendrick Bourne. We think he's, you know, a really good receiver that they hasn't been properly used here correctly the last few years. Right. But if a team's giving you a top 100 pick for for him, like that's something you have to take. And then you can, you know, you roll out Kayshawn Booty, Tyquan Thornton gets more snaps, Demario Douglas when he returns, 
maybe that even opens a path for a guy like Jalen Rager to just see see what's down there. But yeah, I think Kendrick Bourne is a really logical one. Hunter Henry is an interesting one because I get he's in a contract year, but I feel like he's you know he's he's a captain now, and I feel like he could be someone they're looking to extend. What do you think the odds are he wants to come back? That, so that that's a good point now because he he seemed pretty down in the dumps obviously yesterday I, after that game. But he, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't. Yeah. If there's no extension talk, if there's no talk in the spring, if he's just trying to get out of here. Yeah. So and like, I don't blame him for that. But oh yeah, not at all. That's the so, guy I think. You, I get. I think he can maybe get a top hundred pick for him. I think he can definitely get a top hundred fifty pick for him. You do that while you can. Yeah. Um, I'll bring this one up too. Uh, what can you get for Mac Jones? I don't think you can. I, I wouldn't trade Mac just because you're not going to. Wh- what good is trading Mac for a seventh round pick? I'm. I, you know, there's very, very few instances, and people who watch this show know this. I have this take across sports. You don't trade a player just for the sake of trading a player. There has to be a, a goal for it, and. I don't know Max at the point quite yet where it's just like get him off the roster. So that would be an off season if you draft Drake May then or sign yeah. like Jacoby Brissett or something like you bring him you bring Mac to camp. You you try to put him in some spots where he looks good. You wait to see whose quarterback gets hurt in the preseason and then you move him that you'll you'll get more for him then than you will right now. I I again that caveat of like if somebody's gonna come along and give you a third round pick for Mac Jones, take it. But I don't know that anybody's giving you anything for Mac Jones right now. Yeah. Would, it, Trey, would Trey Lance go for a fourth? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I I don't think you're getting much for me. I For a seventh-round pick, whatever. I'll hold on to him essentially his depth at the position at that point. And what about uh, one more name? Adrian Phillips. Oh, yeah. I, he's on expiring con. Yeah, anybody on an expiring contract for the most part. Um, I was just kind of going with names that are maybe – a little more front-facing, bigger names, and I know I put Miles Bryan on there. That I think was just to have some fun myself. But yeah, uh, yeah. If, if they get a call on Adrian Phillips again, I don't know what you're necessarily getting for him because he hasn't played. Played. But if somebody's comes calling, we'll give you a fifth-round pick for Adrian Phillips. Phillips. Yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? I'll give you actually one more interesting one while we're on this. J.C. Jackson. Let's say he plays well here the next couple of weeks. Which he was 50% of the snaps yesterday. He looked pretty good, like back in the Patriots defense. So so part of the reason he had no value before with the Chargers, one, they had to get rid of him. They didn't have time to wait. Two, he had that massive contract that made it harder to move him. That contract's no longer an issue. If he plays well, I don't know what they would I think they like the idea of maybe having him, you know, having leverage over him to renegotiate next year. But if he play offensive line, wide receiver corner, those are the three positions teams are always going to want at the trade deadline are always going to be overvalued. If there's a contender that loses a corner again, maybe Dallas. It, Cause they lost um, Diggs. They lost Diggs a couple weeks ago. Right. If Jackson put some good tape out there with the Patriots, they gave up a six for him. Right. Uh, well, like they got a seventh back, they so. But they gave up a six, right? Yeah. You get a fifth. Somebody offers you a fifth for J.C. Jackson. I take, I take that. Now, he has to put a couple good games out there because he left the Chargers on bad terms and he wasn't playing well and all. I, I don't think this is automatic. Right now, I don't think you're getting that for him. Yeah. But if he comes out, plays a couple good games, and he'll have a chance. I, I, 
don't know. I think Devonte Adams is supposed to play tonight. So we'll see if he plays next week. And then obviously Miami and Buffalo, like he's going to have a chance against some good receivers. If he plays well and they're still losing, I, I try to flip them. Why not? Just get they all. They can't the, keep him next year. They can't keep him in a fourteen million dollar cap. It. They can't do it. Just get all the draft capital you can, right? Because right, how you, about this one? You may be in that spot where you have to move up a few picks to get a get whoever you want. So those picks can be useful down the line. Who else? Okay, do you so, have? so how about this one? What can they get for Bill Belichick in a trade? <laughs> I, nobody's trading for a coach midseason. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's that would be. Uh, probably the most, the, the Patriots trading Bill Belichick mid season would probably be the most surprising event I've ever covered. I, I can now the off season. I don't think it's likely, but maybe like, yeah, I could see the path to where that happens in season. So the other team is going to have to fire their coach. They're also going to have to fire their GM because Bill's going to want to be the GM. <laughs> So now is that GM negotiating the trade that's going to get him fired? Or do you have the owner negotiating the trade? And who are they negotiating it? Is it with Bill? Because he's not going to want to give up too much from his new team. And then there's also the element of, is Bill Belichick going to want to take over a team in the middle of the season? It's probably not a team that's good if they're trading for a coach. Um, yeah, they're like logistically, I just don't see how it happens. We need like Mark Davis and Robert Kraft negotiating – a trade if, or if anybody does it, it's Mark Davis. I'll give you that one. If it does happen, it's probably uh, he probably wouldn't be able to afford them though. You're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but, um, all right. So obviously some draft talk over here. Thoughts on Xavier worthy. I love speed, so I'm all for it. Uh, would might be a weird spot where they're picking. Like that might be something he's like late first round projected. Yeah. Right he's, now, I think. he's small. Yeah, he's not a big guy. Now, I'm not one of these people who says, oh, he's too small. He can't play in the NFL. He's 6'1", 172. Uh, we're seeing it work. You know, he's basically this year's Zay Flowers. And I think Zay Flowers, I, I, I think Zay Flowers is a good player. I do. I think <laughs> Xavier Worthy's a, a, a good player as well. I really like him. I'm not going to say you don't draft him because of Demario Douglas. That's not what I'm saying. I think if, if they identify Xavier Worthy as the guy, you take him, but I want to see them get that not like not this is going to come across as me saying I want Devontae Parker. I don't, but I think if you hit on Douglas and booty gives you something and then you add a guy like Keon Coleman or Johnny Wilson or Romo Dunze, I, I think here's the best way to say it. I think Worthy's very, very, very good at what he does but I do wonder if he's a little bit one dimensional as just kind of a speed receiver. Yeah. There's guys in other guys in this draft in the first <laughs> round that I think have their games are much more well-rounded and that like Xavier worthy. I think his ceiling is like a top number two. I think if he's a number one, you have to build your offense in a certain way. Whereas if you go out and get a guy like Keon Coleman or Malik neighbors or Romo Dudze, these are guys that, what do you need them to do? They're going to do, and obviously Marvin Harrison too. Yeah. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. qualifies as those. Um, That'd be I like, like I like the idea of them getting a more complete receiver. Like Xavier Worthy's the guy. If you have one really good receiver and nobody else, that's the guy. You, like I'm trying to think of the team um, that that would fit that. 
I was going to um, say, like, if, if T. Higgins somehow hits the market and you if pay T. Higgins, T. Higgins leaves, right. And then you this is draft the, Worthy as that second guy. Right. Um, no, again, I think he's really good. I think he's a first-round pick. I think he's a late first-round pick. Yeah. I want the guy that he's going to win running routes. He's going to win with his speed. He's going to win with his size. He's going to win with his catch rates, like all of it. I think there are guys in this draft that can do that. I think Xavier Worthy can win with his speed. He can win with his route running. I just think there's a chance to get a little more than that, too. I wouldn't be mad if they took Xavier Worthy. He's a good player. I can't stress that enough. But when we're talking about a team that could potentially be picking in the top 10, I think they can shoot a little higher than Xavier Worthy. This is like last year, right? They were picking 15th. I would be like, yeah, Xavier Worthy is a real guy to have a conversation about. I just think right now that's not – they can can shoot a little higher. Yep. Uh, The main focus here, talk Cale Williams. He is our future – uh, I'm st- I still don't know if they'll be first overall or be willing to trade up to first overall if yeah. they're not there. So, uh, and I, I think the Bears having those top two picks, yeah, makes it so. De- and I, I've said this before. Let's say they do end up somehow first overall, and the Bears end up two and three. Would you trade it? I would trade one for two and three. I would. I would absolutely. take. Drake May and Marvin Harrison over just Caleb Williams, especially for the spot they're at. Um, I would do that all day. Yeah. So because I think I think Williams and May are really close to start. So if you could do that and even add like Marvin Harrison there, like that's a no no brainer to me. But um, with with Williams, there's been a lot of some Zach Wilson comparisons because they're in that kind of offense in college where it's you know he's got all this time he's not under pressure he's just dancing around back there for a lot of a lot of you know a lot of time right and just kind of playing street ball like you saw Zach Wilson at BYU now I'll agree there there's some of that but I wouldn't necessarily make that comparison like I think he's obviously a much better player is that something you're potentially worried about with Caleb Williams at all um no it's just I because I've seen him Zach Wilson never beat good teams basically that's what it comes down to Caleb Williams is doing this against good teams and I I'm, I'm not super I, I he's gonna be the first overall pick I there's definitely he's not a perfect prospect I, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you he is he isn't uh he's as close as you're gonna get yep and no honestly Zach Wilson comp for me in this draft is JJ McCarthy like he's kind of mobile and he plays for a winning team but on top of those two things like he's gonna look real good in shorts and a t-shirt JJ McCarthy the pads come on. I I really don't know what he's going to be able to do. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here? Um, just a lot of draft talk. So you guys want, I guess. Um, Where we're at. Let me, let me scroll up. There was some stuff earlier. Oh, here's um, here's one we could. That's not draft talk. Okay. Um, if Bill is out as head coach, are you Mayo or maybe going out of the organization with Bienemy, Ben Johnson, one of these offensive minded guys, maybe if you have a new quarterback in here, uh, where are you kind of at on that one? I, uh, so I, this is why, like if Bell, if Bill is, it doesn't finish the season, I think it would be incredibly valuable to see Gerard Mayo as the interim yeah, but and agree. get an idea of what he can do. Um, I wouldn't hate it. Uh, I do like if they go external, uh, those are two of my three guys, Ben Johnson, Eric, the I like them both. Um, the other guy is if, if Mike Vrabel has become disillusioned in Tennessee, 
if that whole thing doesn't work, and then that's basically my list. Mayo, Bienemy, Ben Johnson, Frable. I'll tell you what I don't want. I don't want a college head coach. I don't yeah. want Lincoln Riley. I don't I, – I mean, I don't even know who the other top guys are from like about, the college ranks because you don't even see it anymore. What about Jim Harbaugh? I don't want Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. I don't want Nick Saban. I mean, part of me wants Nick Saban. I love Nick Saban. But I don't <laughs> want Nick Saban. Um, who was the last college coach, Brian, to come to the NFL and have, like, sustained success? Oh, man. I well, – uh... I don't know. Honestly. I mean, we can talk about we can talk about Urban Meyer. We can talk about Matt Rule, right? We can go through all these guys. It's probably um, Harbaugh, but he, he went to one super. He went to Super Bowl, like he was good, but he didn't last. Yeah. Before him, it's probably Pete Carroll coming from USC. So you're talking about two in the last thirty years. And I think as much of it, it's as much an off the field thing as it is on the field. I just think the type of leader you need to be is so different at the college level than in the, in the pros. I don't want a college coach. I don't, I just, I, I, it's been done. It's been chip Kelly's another one. Somebody put chip Kelly in the comments. Um, it's been done. I've seen it. It doesn't work. I, I know a bunch of people are going to get all hot and bothered about Lincoln Riley pass. And and some people say Dion, if Shadur is staying, Dion saying Shadur is staying because he's staying. He's going to yeah. see that thing out. He wants to win national title. I don't even think he's in. I, I don't think he's taking NFL calls yet. Yet. Now, when it's Shadur's time to go to the league, does that change? Maybe. I don't think. I, I think Dion's locked into Colorado for at least another year. I hope. Honestly, I hope he is just because I think it would be cool to see him, you know, finish out what he started. I think, you know, leaving after one year would be. I wouldn't fault him for it. He gets a payday. He gets a payday. But I kind of. Want to see that thing play out, don't you? I think we all do, just yeah. as fans of the game, see what it looks like. So. And I, I, I think Dion would too. I think he's a guy that's going to finish what he started. Yeah, I, I think Mayo would be a, a good coach, but there is something enticing, especially if you're bringing in one of these new young quarterbacks to bring in an offensive mind with him. And you know, we talked about just like the bad vibes with this organization yeah. earlier. Just kind of maybe start fresh, completely like coach quarterback. Help throw the uniforms in the trash and start new on those again too. Those contribute to the bad vibes. Like so that that's why it would kind of be interesting to see Mayo get this maybe a 10 game trial here and see how the locker room responds to him and the team responds to him and ch- kind of base it off that. So that would be interesting. But um kind of building off that the GM candidates, because you'd assume if it is like Mayo, they might keep Matt Grow around, kind of keep that familiarity. And I, we, I think we are both on the same page that Matt Grow kind of deserves a shot and seems like he'd be good in that role. But are you looking at anyone else in that GM role or any other ideas there that kind of cross your mind besides Grow? Um. Just go with somebody from Miami or San Francisco. <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to see Grow get a shot. I think that I don't know that Grow agrees with everything they've done personnel-wise. I mean, I thought yeah. his comments about wide receivers this summer were very interesting. I'd like to see him get a shot. If not, yeah, just go get somebody from Miami or San Francisco because those teams are just bringing in talent by the truckload. Yeah. I mean, they're just they can't miss when it comes to the personnel stuff. And a Steelers. I guess maybe Philly. Philly, too. I throw and Philly in that. And the Steelers wide receiver coaches. Just... Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess so if it's 
Because I think Ben Johnson was in San Francisco, right? Isn't he Shanahan Tree? I believe so. So if it's Ben Johnson, maybe you go get somebody from San Francisco. If it's Biennemi, maybe like they're even though the, the GM we kind of think of as the boss of the head coach or whatever, right? The coach kind of needs to pick his GM as much as the GM needs to pick the coach. It, it that's a tougher one to answer because I think you hire a coach before you hire a GM, and who the coach is is going to dictate a lot of who the GM is. Yep. Just like ooh, someone asked if Bill O'Brien leaves, who would be the OC? Like that's again, it, it yeah. depends who the head coach two is. Say. Yep. Josh McDaniel. No, it's, <laughs> it's it's way too soon to answer that question. Uh, Unless I, I mean, I guess maybe if he means like if Bill O'Brien leaves midseason, um, I I'd probably give Adrian Clem a shot just because he's coordinated before he was the run game coordinator at Oregon, and they interviewed him for that job, and they interviewed him for that job. So it, I don't know that he's the right person. He's probably the best option they would have. I would think maybe Troy Brown, just because he's been around so long, those would be the two guys I would look at. Well, speaking of Troy Brown, and someone mentioned it here, how do you think he's doing? Because his receivers have not been great the last few years. With, you know, last year where there was all the mess of spacing and route details, and this year, like the operations look cleaner, but his guys still aren't getting open. Do you think this is all just personnel, or are you? putting some of that blame on Troy Brown, who was a fantastic player here, obviously, but maybe he's not the best coach for that wide receiver room. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you, you, you put it well. Just the results haven't been there. Yeah. And then one more going forward this year, the one everyone wants to know, any shot for Malik packages. I mean, we got to be close to it, right? Try it. Why not? I, yeah. I, I was at US talking to somebody. We were walking out of the game the other day, and somebody's like, Well, does Will Greer get a start this year? And I was like, Well, does Will Greer get one before Malik Cunningham? I, I wouldn't, hey, why not? I wouldn't hate seeing him. Let's, let's see. I, I, I'm not saying start him, but yeah, elevate him for a game, have a, like five, 10 plays in the playbook and see what it looks like. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're going to start him. Um, but yeah, like we, we saw them kind of tinker with that package where he just comes in for a play or two here, short yardage situation or, you know, plays in the red zone. And, you know, they did that throughout training camp, obviously the preseason drive against Houston. So look like they can't get much worse and you need a spark or something to run the ball or make something happen. So it would be worth a shot just to kind of, kind of see what happens. Probably not as a full-time, full-time starter, but just getting, Getting that look on the field to see what you got there would be would be pretty intriguing, right? So, any other else, anything else you see in there or have thoughts on, or we can kind of wrap it up, get on our way here. Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. <laughs> it, it, it to bury the ball games in a row. This is where we are. I don't blame anybody if they're looking towards the draft. Um, I guess you, you you try to look for for positives from here, like long term. I, I was going to say like, can Demario Douglas continue to play well? But now you know, I looked like he had a concussion in the last game. So, <laughs> yeah, it's getting grim. It's getting grim. But the show goes on as the Patriots go on. They have a game out in Vegas again. Surely nothing bad would happen to this team out in Vegas, right? Nothing recently 
bad has happened there. But Alex and I will be back to break that game down, preview that game on Thursday. So make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel so you know when we go live. But until then, you can follow Alex on Twitter at RealAlexBarth and go read all his work on the Patriots at 985thesportsup.com. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Brian Hines and go read all my Patriots coverage over at patspulpit.com. Thank you all, as always, for tuning in, and we'll see you guys later this week.